Yeah. I'll react if I had to. Put some things in the past to and don't let them distract you, but react if you have to. Yeah. I'll react if I had to. Put some things in the past to and don't let them distract you, but react if you have to. Yeah. React if you have to. Yeah. Don't know the time, but just wait it on. Yeah, one of a kind. Yeah, what's on your mind? Yeah, what hard to find? Yeah, beautiful mind. Yeah, still in my prime. Yeah, just know that I'm here. What you wearing, Jeff? Um, I got a pretty fly flat bill. Flat bill. You don't look like a hipster. That we don't want to look like. I hear that to all the time. You look like a hipster. You're full of hipsters. I don't know what that means. I, I think. I mean, I think I know what it means. I think I do, but I don't think there's one definition. Right. Um, that's a pretty sharp cap. Yeah. So we got we got some pretty cool caps in that have our uh, have our Pond Off Synonymous logo on it, and um, we'll just share that on social media before we release this even episodes, and people yeah. will know. Yep. But um, yeah, man, they're cool. Um, I've always wanted a hat. And it's not a fucking Picasso painting. <laughs> you ever hear that? You don't watch NASCAR, do you? No. See that rack last night? Dude, I did see the wreck. That's crazy. Man, I uh, I have a lot of NASCAR Hoosier in me still. I, you know, I might live in a city, yeah. urban liberal church, if you call it, want to call it that. Um, but yeah, I've been watching NASCAR for for a long time, and um, that was bad news. Yeah, it reminded me of the Dale Earnhardt. It eerily reminded me of of that, and um, praying for he's alive, yeah, for Ryan Newman because uh, the Rocket Man, the pride of Purdue, looked like he was about to win the thing. He was gonna, yeah, would have been a second. Yeah, Uh, Ashley had him in in our pool. She's a fucking kiss of death, man. Uh Kidding, Ash. (laughs) Um, No, so these hats are these hats are tight. They uh, about a pot. Picasso painting when you wear like a, your favorite race car driver's hat. A buddy of mine who's triple the Hoosier I am used to used to complain about the hats that look like a Picasso painting, quote unquote, that had all the fucking sponsors. Every spot, M and M, Skittles, yeah. Tampax, whoever the fuck, um, on these hats, and it got a little uh, a little messy. So yeah. this is the opposite of that. The and, simplicity. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good choice. Yeah, so it's got the PA on the on the cocktail napkin uh, with a pen. Did I ever tell you so that the P and the A is my handwriting? Right. Yeah, you did tell me. that. Did I tell them that? I don't think so. Okay. Well, here we go. For pardon my redundancy, if you've heard this already, but the way I write my P, um, you know, there's kind of a hidden TP in it, which was right. my old man's initials, and we write the same. We do everything the same. Um, Pretty much to my mother's dismay. I've said that before. Um, so, yeah, it's got the cocktail napkin, the P and the A and the pen. And uh, that little ring is kind of like the ring you'd leave when you have a rocks glass on a cocktail napkin. Right. So, uh, yeah, man, we'll take a picture and we'll put it on uh, on the social meds. Yes. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I was looking up, you know, I guess I'm going to say this. It's, I mean, one of these days I kind of want to incorporate if we have a secondary loco. Yeah, uh, I love. I've always been drawn to that explicit content logo on CDs and shit. 
It's because everything you ever bought had it on it. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, fifth grade on, probably. Um, I get that from my cousin, uh, the hardcore rap and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, I looked closely at the logo today because I love it. And and I think I've shared it before when we first got our explicit, like, we had to get that tag for yeah. the podcast. So it says on the logo, Parental Advisory, you know, P.A., so Pond of Synonymous Parental Advisory. It's a fucking God wink. Perfect. Oh, he works what in mysterious ways. What describes it better, right? Exactly. <laughs> How was your Valentine's Day? Uh, it was really chill. Really chill. Where did we go? We went and got pho. Pho. Fucking? At that, <laughs> at that place at uh, someplace in, uh, in Belleville. What's it called? Oh, really? Yeah, the Vietnamese place over... Off of uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. The one off Lebanon, yeah. right by the liquor. That's the liquor store. I used to stumble in and out. It? <laughs> yeah, it used to be. It's a tips. It used to be tips Thai. So that's the right by uh, St. Teresa's Church. Yeah, no, that's the uh, the the Thai place. Okay, we went down to the Vietnamese Vietnamese place close to where Dairy Queen is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Okay, cool. The Social Security office is back. there. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. How was it? It was good for Belleville. Yeah, right. <laughs> the we're better diverse. places are in St. Louis. Well. It's funny. So we we went Asian restaurants too, yeah. um, because our our family restaurant we had a man, it was brutal. Mm. The uh, water pipes broke at five o'clock on a Friday night. Gosh. Let alone Valentine's. Can be worse. The restaurant community in this in the city is amazing, though. The way that people have rallied around. Uh, for those of you who don't know, my my cousin owns Olive and Oak in Webster Groves, yeah. and uh, it just shows you what kind of people that really. My, are in this industry and the, the people that my cousin and, and Jen is my, his wife, my you know cousin now by marriage and uh, kind of people they are for people to do what they did. Um, so needless to say, I was, I had like three reservations for other people and then Ashley and I's um, that we had to kind of scramble. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, we're cool to stay at home, but we already had a sitter drive sure. in from fucking St. Peter's. So, yeah. Let's get out of the house and uh, make a night of it. Where are you going to go? You know what I told her? I go, here's the deal. I go, we got to go somewhere cultural that, you know, I don't know shit about culture. And I stumble all the time by, especially like as the rules have gotten real tightened up with, uh, you know, culture in in today's day and age. But I was like, we got to go somewhere cultural that doesn't maybe celebrate Valentine's Day. And we got to go to a tavern. Like Fridays, which I was more than happy to go to. Or we got to go to a fucking hospital cafeteria <laughs> if we want to actually eat yes. um, and not. Because I ain't standing in line for two and a half hours. Right. And uh, we landed on a, I, I call it Kate Zone, but some people say it's Kate Zone over in, it's a Chinese awesome, man. Yeah. And what you see, you call it Chinatown, I guess. Because everything's in Mandarin right there by, uh, that's that's pretty woke. Mandarin? Mandarin, call nice. It Chinese. Yeah. Um, Asian descent uh, restaurants and so it's more, the Interbelt and Olive. Oh and yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's all kinds of. It's uh, a great place. And I hear there are like I, I've always wanted to try this place. Coincidentally, my cousin Mark and Jen love it, and I usually take their advice on good food. Yeah. Um. So Ashley and I, thirty minutes, sat in and it was super authentic. Like the menu's pictures, and then Mandarin. Yeah. Um, so, you I picked just pointed at your favorite picture. F- I picked five of them, bro. <laughs> I 
hey, this guy, this guy looked at me like I was crazy. I go, do, am I missing anything? Should I get? He's like, you got plenty. Yeah. And um, no soy sauce. This isn't. They don't. They don't play that game. Right. Uh, but the dishes were very, very authentic, exotic, rich, amazing. So yeah, Kate Zone or Kate Zone off of Olive and, and the Inner Belt. Yeah. And then, uh, then we went over to uh, Evie's house actually, and uh, the three of them drank wine, and I had some Lacroix, and because uh, they live in New City, and we kind of crashed their Valentine's Day, so <laughs> that's a nice pastor, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, so we, did, man, we did it in a, at Target at one point. On that's my, how you know you've been married for ten years. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the old Target. Yeah. Um. So so anyway, uh, enough of bullshit. I guess. Yeah. I, we're here today. I I wrote back in like 2016, 2017, a three part blog series on that you know blog thing I've talked about, and it it plays off of the phrase "the good, bad, and the ugly," right? So I did. I started with the ugly, and then did the bad, and then did the good, and I used a word for which is more than just a word to me for each. And I want to do this. I want to do a three-part podcast series. We'll we'll start today with the ugly. Um and but in between I think we might have a couple of guests. So Great. So we'll do today first part. Excuse me, we'll do part 2 whenever and part 3 um to kind of wrap up the series to use a gathering term. Yep. Um and uh, we'll sprinkle a couple guests in because we're we're sitting down um, later this week with a with a uh, dear friend of mine um, who is kind of comes from the other side of the table on the addiction stuff. She's the one that would be you know you know there's Alcoholics Anonymous uh, AA, there's yeah. Narcotics Anonymous NA, then there's Al-Anon, which is for families and friends of. Oh. And there's Naranon, which is for families and friends of. So she would be in the families and friends of yeah. an addict. And her story's fucking powerful, man. So I'm really excited to sit down with her. Yeah. I think we're going to make sure that we have some Kleenex uh, because I think she's she's going to go to a, a real difficult spot. And I'm proud of her for doing it. She's super, um, I don't know if excited's the right word, but she's e- eager. We use that. Yeah. She's super eager to... Share her story, because the more we share, the more we break that stigma down, man. Yeah. And uh, the more people realize they're not fucking alone in this shit. So I'm excited for that. Um, so without further ado, <laughs> uh, I want to talk a little bit about about part one, and uh, it's called The Ugly Liability. Um. And the reason I, I call it that, Jeff, is because at my at my my worst, I was nothing short of a fucking liability. You ever been to a party or out drinking with friends and there's that one guy or that one gal? Yes. You're just waiting for the fucking shoe to drop, the bottom to fall out. Something's going to fucking happen. 100%. I know those people. And... I was that guy for, and I haven't, I hadn't always been that guy, man. Um, for the longest time, you know, knowing how to handle my liquor, 
I was uh, the fun guy, the guy that people wanted at parties, the guy that people wanted to sit to sit next to at the tavern, um, the guy that people would actually, believe it or fucking not, seek out for some advice on, like, the real-life shit. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking, but they did. <laughs> um, I was, and, and then at some point, and, and I use it as probably the, the peak of my life really fucking falling out of control, as I said, was when my old man died. I became the guy that, oh shit, that, that guy, mm-hmm. something's going to happen. Something's going to get fucking destroyed. There's going to be a fight. You ever been in any fist fights for real? No, not not in my adult life. Um, so I used to, you know, grew up on the ice playing ice hockey, right. and um, I, with my mouth, I've been in plenty <laughs> on the ice and unfortunately off the ice. It's totally, in my opinion, and, and we can digress into sports some other day, but. Fighting and and I and ice hockey, uh, peanut butter and jelly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they go together and they belong together, and it's okay on the ice. I've gotten in fights with guys on the ice and and immediately drank with them an hour later after we got showered yeah. up, and and you know we were both fucking black eyes and part of the game, fat lips, and <laughs> you know buying each other cocktails. So it, but off the ice is where it gets bad, man. Bar fights. I mean, I've seen people get seriously fucking hurt. I could have been. Luckily, I dodged some bullets. I had my ass whooped. I'm no badass by any means. But I've been in in uh, my fair share of scraps. Um, one, yeah, I mean, and, I, and today I want to talk about, you know, me being the liability and, and not to gl- uh, glamorize some of the bullshit I got myself into, but... But there's a couple stories I do want to share, like, and and each one is, yeah, they could have gone the other way, and and paint the picture on why I I, I be, became the fucking liability for everyone, just a big fucking liability. Now, is it, is it okay to laugh at some of these or no? Please, okay, just making sure like it's not weird. That's to funny laugh you at. say that. No, you <laughs> got it. Comedy's my. My love language. I sure. I, I mean, I don't want to laugh at your misfortune. No, that you, you go for it. I'm not going to punch you. Um, the it's funny you say that because I was thinking like, I Jeff, I, I'm so grateful for you being here. I could not do this alone. I need well, yeah, my my family will attest to this. I need somebody to laugh at my fucking jokes. <laughs> And I don't I know be, if anybody's doing that, right? Because I'm not, like, talking in front of them. I'm talking into this microphone that looks like a cock right in front of my face. Um, well, I can be your Ed McMahon, you there, know? Yeah, whatever, yeah. Just I'll somebody just to laugh, at laugh. I'll hold up a cue card or whatever yes. I got to do. Um, insert applause here. But, I, um, man, some of these fucking nights that I had were, 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 as Nick put it when he was on with us, unfucking manageable. Like, right. it, you know, I didn't... Uh, and it have quite I mean, you know some of the each buddy everybody's story is important i don't know if i can top his uh hiding in the braid shop story yeah. but but one night i was at a tavern in in belleville called centerfield tavern you don't know where it's at i guarantee you um it's literally tucked in a neighborhood and it's a 
God bless this this tavern, the people there. It's a it's a dive bar, yeah. neighborhood tavern, has karaoke on Friday nights. Fun place. But um you can real uh, really let it out at this joint. I had been drinking obviously all day and night. I'm sure this was a Sunday through Thursday, like a Monday or Tuesday night, right? When everybody else is home relaxing with their families and doing productive things. I, um, I wanted to go up to the, it was right down the street from where I lived and I couldn't wait to go to the, to the, <laughs> I just wanted to go to the bar. I'd been, you know, I'm fucked up and I uh, needed a shot of Rumpelman's and probably didn't have any in my freezer. So I, I talked to my buddy and who was over and, and sober, uh, from alcohol at the time. And, um, whether he was sober or not, it didn't matter. I was like, let's go to the tavern with my roommate and this guy. And he, because he was sober, I had sense enough to let him drive my my Jeep. Um, so we went up there, and uh, the only other – there's two people in the tavern and the barmaid, and then me and my two friends. And one of the guys sitting at the bar, this fucker I have had problems with. I have had problems with for years every tavern I went to. I don't know. He rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know what the fuck he did, but I didn't like him. And that's not that's not Christian. But I found that out later. <laughs> but I didn't like this fucking guy. So I guess I was feeling good about myself, and I was trying to, to bury the hatchet. So I bought his ass a drink. Nice. Yeah. Now that is Christian to me, right? That is absolutely doing the right thing. Well, I don't know what happened between me buying him the drink and and how the the five or ten minutes since after I bought him a drink, but I started I started fucking boiling. The he never thanked me for this drink. Pissed me off. Would it piss you off? Sure. Pissed yeah. Me off. Yeah. So I fucking attacked him. <laughs> Fucking motherfucking him up and down the bar. Verbally. For Verbally swinging. Yeah. Started swinging at him. The oh bartender got all pissed off. I mean, this is like a Monday, Tuesday night at 1231 <laughs> in the morning, and she's like last calling it in like 10 minutes trying yeah. to get home. And here I start this shit show. Come to find out, like the bartender starts screaming at me, telling my buddies to get him the fuck out of the, car, um, out of the bar. Come to find out, she had never given him the drink yet. Oh. Oh, man. You know. Whoopsie. Wow, dude. Well, fucking pour him the drink. Oh, yeah. I mean, goddamn. Oh, I mean, shoot. Right. I, I, that's the one I try not to say, but oops. Sorry, that's man. That's not Christian. That's not Christian. Um, so then my, my buddies are dragging me out of the bar, and they get me in the car, and I'm so pissed. Like, I still want a piece of this fucking guy. And uh, they start driving off down the down B Street, and... Uh, into like on Kansas back where I live over there off of uh, 161 in Belleville. And I'm like, I'm fucking going back. Let me out of this car, you know, fucking going back. And my buddy driving's like, shut up. You're not going back. But I actually was texting him about this today. Cause I, <laughs> I read, I read, you know, the, the post I wrote and I was like, shit. Yeah. I remember that. And I was like, how fast do you think you were going? He goes, dude, I started slowing down as I knew what you were going to do. I go, how fast? He said, probably 10, 15 miles an hour. I flew the door open, fucking hit the ground running. Oh my, my fat gosh. ass tumbled, fucking rolled. Did a roll. I mean, I was all cut up. My fucking kneecap was fucked up. 
my ankle to this day is I, I still it like will just give out on me. Oh this, my gosh. It was a brilliant fucking decision, wasn't it? I wanted a piece of this guy. Yeah. He picks he stops the car, he's like, Are you okay? I'm like, you know, fucking bleeding on my arms and shit and he's like, You're fucking stupid. Probably said some other choice words and and he bolted. Um and that's the type of shit that I would do like so gone i mean whiskey rumplemans um you ever had rumplemans no is it no i haven't hunter proof uh i used to brush my oh teeth my in the morning gosh. with rumplemans um <laughs> it's mint peppermint schnapps it's wow. but a hundred proof and it'll make you do things you never thought you could do it'll make you think you're the toughest guy in the world when you're not <laughs> Ten but feet tall um, and bulletproof <laughs> one time in college all fucked up on rumplemans I um although I feel to this day uh, that what's the saying you won the battle but I won the war they won yeah. the battle but I won the fucking war <laughs> so when I went to school our football team at at, at Illinois was awful <laughs> and not that we're not awful often but we were particularly awful when I was at school there and we were standing outside a, a line to get in this bar called fucking CO's and champagne. And why the fuck I was going to CO's? It wasn't my type. These college bars on campus weren't my places. Like I would hang out at the tavern with the townies <laughs> and um, end up dating one. And let's go back to CO's. Yeah, yeah. CO's was this like it was a fucking frat bar and. Um, I've been to CEOs. Really? Yeah. Oh, so you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You. It, it's just it's a shithole, and it's a it was a college <clears throat> bar that it was ten deep to get a uh, a fucking Jaeger bomb, and I'm a guy that likes to sit at a bar, drink uh, whiskey on the rocks with some club soda, maybe uh, a couple shots of Romans and, and a fucking ashtray, because back then you could smoke right. at the tavern. Um, so we're standing in line, and some guy like walks past us and they start to let him and his buddies in this guy wasn't a big guy um the guy i was with i didn't give a fuck at co's you know he thinks he's a big shot at co's and he can have it um but my fucking roommate was i mean wasted and he started running his mouth so this guy grabs him by the throat so i stick him (laughs) and uh Little did I know this fucker was like the kicker for the football team, <laughs> and his buddies were the like linemen for the football team. Uh. So two, I just remember two of these guys grabbing me, throwing me off of a parked car in front of COs, and it, I was skinnier than I am now in college, which is a good thing. Otherwise, yeah. my fat ass would have gone right through this fucking windshield, man, and just been broken in pieces. But I rolled off the windshield, off the hood onto the ground, smacked my face on the ground, they started kicking me until people pushed these fuckers up, and I still didn't know what was going on. Right. And I stood up, and one eye wasn't really working. The other eye I could see out of, and, like, I looked down, and I can tell they're the football players, and they were, like, about 10 yards, to use a football term, now separated from me. And I said, no wonder why you fucking bitches are 1 in 11. You hit like girls. <laughs> that was probably not the greatest thing to say. So they start, then they start fire, yeah, firing off. But at this time, everybody's outside breaking this up. 
and this is my fucking psychotic temper. I was so pissed off. Like, COs and, and CAMs were right across the street from this yeah. sorority. These sorority girls came, like, either were at the bar or at their house. They came out, and they started, like, honey, are you okay? You're okay? Like, cleaning my face off and asking me to come back to their sorority house and clean me up. Okay? I'm so pissed off. Like, this is like, you know, people fantasize yeah. about this shit, right? I'm like, no, thank you, ladies. I'm I, I'm going back to my house to get my car and a baseball bat, and I'm coming after these fucking guys. <laughs> so I missed out on what could have potentially been the night of my life to to attack some fucking loser-ass offensive lineman for the University of Illinois 0-12, 1-11 and football team. So, How many bad decisions are in this entire story? Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> you can start counting them off. And that was before I was really the the big liability, right? That right. was uh, that was that was leading up to it. I used to drive around in my car because of my fucking temper, and <clears throat> I had my my best friend I talked about who died in that go kart accident. I had his baseball bat in my car, and I'd hang. I had a rosary. I wasn't a practicing Catholic, but I had a rosary around my middle rearview window, rearview mirror, and and. Kyla, this is for you, uh, one of my best friends, and and then she married one of my other best friends. She used to just laugh her ass off and like sometimes intentionally try to get me to go fucking off psycho because I would just start rubbing rubbing this rosary. <laughs> so now she still texts me like if I'm mad about something that um, are you rubbing the rose? Are you rubbing the rose? So it's a it's kind of a funny joke amongst our friends, but. So even then, I had a little bit of psycho and a little bit of Jesus. Yeah. Um, and then you add all the whiskey and the rumplemans to it, and it, and it's a it's a fucking nightmare waiting to happen. So, the reason I'm sharing these stories is, yeah, they're a little they can be funny at times, but I, I definitely dodged some bullets. Um, and then nowadays, the day of we call it the age of the fucking quick trigger. You you never know if I was acting like that today i mean remember that fucking story a guy got popped at uh killed shot killed at a at a show me's fighting over a dog breed oh my no i didn't yeah, know it was about like, that i think it was last year oh my god you know, these guys are fucking parents like and so if i was acting like this at taverns now man you never know i mean everybody's fucking armed it seems like but yeah i saw a guy almost get into a fist fight with another dad who plays his kid played little league against each other it was at a bar they, the kids played Little League against each other, and these two dudes were so drunk they were about to fight over a Little League. Over a Little League game, yeah. yeah. That shit happens, man. Uh, sadly, uh, quite fucking often, too. It, um, <clears throat> these, like, so I could go on and on about, about these stories. Now, we got, I'd like to do this podcast thing for the long haul, so I won't, I won't burn them all with, with right. one long podcast. But, but the point is, man, like, when I was completely, absolutely, you know, totally fucking hammered, and then the next morning, you know, after waking up from being the most belligerent, psychotic, drunk fucking rampage of a person, I can't put into words how awful I would feel in the mornings um, going on these apology tours, um, going on these I'm so sorry's and feeling the guilt and shame 
and and to to minimize that, I would just immediately start drinking again, and then I could start dealing with it better. Um, it wasn't my like long term health, or I mean, my liver enzymes when I got sober, they took my blood were were so high when they came back. Thank God, they six months after being sober, they were, they checked in back at normal levels. Wow. My doctor said it was a medical fucking miracle. Wow. So, I'm lucky, man. I mean. And the the worst part of all of it was was that gut wrenching feeling of anxiety, remorse, like lingering anger from the night before, and and the shame of acting like an idiot and being the liability amongst your friends. I mean, you know, it just what happens when you drink two bottles of fucking whiskey by supper time, and then you know, instead of supper, you you. <laughs> You don't eat. You do scoops of fucking blow and key bumps and shoot rumplemans. Brilliant fucking idea, right? Drunk fucking asshole. I was apologizing all the time, bro. Like a broken record, man. Tax calls. I used to send flowers. You know. Yeah. Some of you listening have gotten the flowers. <laughs> they lost their fucking luster after a little bit. You know, the phone calls would stop getting returned and the voicemails of I'm sorry. The sympathy was gone, bro. Yeah. And it, you know, people were tired of the it's the same old story over and over again. They have seen that fucking movie, and I was that person. I was a fucking liability, plain and simple. You know, I was the guy, like we said earlier, that you walk into the tavern and he's sitting at the bar, and you're like, "Oh fuck!" And you would even go somewhere else because you don't want to be around this fucking guy. A human wrecking ball is what I call it, Jeff. Um, and then like, even at home, man. Uh, you can ask the, my last roommate. Um, we call him Vern. You know, he, he drinks too. He doesn't want mind me saying that. He knows. But one time, I thought he was being disloyal, so I took a fucking took Johnny's baseball bat and shattered his television into a thousand fucking pieces. Um, one time, I walked home from Fridays, which was a couple miles, and forgot my keys and our our front not a screen door but glass door was uh-huh. locked the main door was still open but the front and the the roommate was home so instead of asking him i just took a rock and threw it through the through the glass oh, window so i started just fucking destroying my home yeah. man it was it was it was awful it was awful and i am a you know if i sound mad man it's cuz I, I still am embarrassed by that. I've come to terms with it. You know, it's part of one of the ste- it's one of the steps in AA. Mm-hmm. Um, and people know that I'm I'm sincerely sorry. Like my my I, my own mom was scared of me because I would go off the fucking handle. Uh, my sisters were the sister you know well. Like she would she said that she would stop taking my calls at nine p.m. and then it went down to. 8 p.m., then 7 p.m., and by the fucking by the time we got to the end of it, she wouldn't answer a call after lunch, wow, you know? Wow, Because I was going to be fucking liquored up and pissed off about something, you know? And instead of, like, being the guy that could help people, you know, now I was the fucking prayer. Mm-hmm. Like, people were praying for me. And all that shit, so I always say, like, it wasn't one thing that got me to rehab, but all that stuff started weighing on me. And I'm so grateful to God that I had that Ability for that to weigh on me and, yeah. and, and eat away at me uh, enough to it was a, enough was enough. Um, 
I, you know, I one time, and I guess I kind of this just on the phone. I'll tell another story next uh, on the on the on the bad mm-hmm. episode. But I used to just sometimes it would be funny phone calls and drunk phone calls. But I used to. I could go on a rampage, man, and leave voicemails and and talk shit and use every fucking word you're not supposed to use anymore. Like, just, you know, like I thought I was Tupac gangster rapping, talking shit on people's phones. Like, it was just fucking ignorant, and it's disgusting, and God, I'm so glad I could recognize it now and was able to to let that kind of drive me to to rehab. And um, Do you think anyone still has those voicemails? (laughs) Uh, potentially, and uh, <laughs> cancel culture could. Uh, yeah, but I don't. I mean, I was a different person back then. Right. Yeah. I. I mean, this is why I'm sober and why I'm like following Jesus to be redeemed of some bad shit I did back in the past, and um, that's why I hate when I. I mean, I see people getting fucking called out for shit they did ten years ago, and like some shit should be some shit you just uncover that somebody's. Yeah, but mo- I mean, a lot of it, man. It's like cancel, ask questions later, or right. f- get them fired, ask questions later, and you know, like obviously, if everybody listened a little bit more, I think the country'd be a lot better fucking place. Yeah. But who knows what people are going through and what their story is, and they're why they're angry, and it's it's sh- why they're doing things that are can be hurtful to others, you know. Yeah. Um. But not to go off on that tangent, but I, yeah, I mean, I just, that's part of making amends and yeah. changing your life. Like I've, I've written about chances before and second chances. And the thing about God is, you know, I say with God, you unlimited second fucking chances. Mm-hmm. I mean, heaven is a fucking second chance, right? Yeah. I, and, and that's, that's a fucking powerful, actually hopeful message in its own self, which we can talk about one day, but I just, uh, I was struggling, man, and and it was it was no good. Um, and when your friends start kind of falling by the wayside, and they still love you, but at a distance, you start to recognize it. And that's, you know, we'll get into the enabling thing one day. But once people get sick and tired of your shit, and the the behavior repeats itself on a nightly, weekly basis um they got no option but to pull away and and pray from a distance i mean i find myself having to do it for for folks or yeah you try until they're ready to help themselves and that's kind of what they were waiting for me to do yeah was just you know when is he going to be fucking ready to uh to help themselves or to help himself you know yeah so when we there's some stories too and and it'll just so you know the like the bad so i i titled it the ugly the liability uh excuse me yeah the ugly liability and then i wrote the the next podcast will be the bad and it'll be reliability Mm. and i'll get on to how i started realizing to myself it all came crystal clear when i sobered up but it these are parts that led me to rehab like i became unreliable too any human being that needed anything. So that'll be the, the next one. Um, I just, uh, and then I can't, I don't want to reveal the third one because it kind of brings it all home. Right. Um, but yeah, it, 
it, it's just I could go on and on um, about stories on how uh, on how how bad it was and um, and how crazy I could behave and I'm sure people that are listening will be like oh you forgot to tell this story you should yeah. tell this story so email me and remind me and I'll uh, <laughs> I'll be sure to sure to talk about them at some point um, in the future and we can uh we can all have a laugh and then i mean uh, uh on my knees gratitude prayer to god that i'm still here and that i was able to to clean my shit up and and now try to make a difference yeah. so that's the whole purpose of this brother we've uh we've had a lot of people reaching out so it's it's people are listening and and we're we're so grateful for that. And if you've if you're listening and you've thought about reaching out but haven't yet, you know, I don't know if I've shared I've drove this point home, but <clears throat> what you send me is going to be anonymous. It's the fucking name, right? Right. Or, do you guys what? No, I was just going to uh, say if you send an email to Chris, he's not sharing it with me either. Like it's really anonymous. Yeah, and well, it's or private. Yeah, and and it's it, it's a real it, you you can it's funny too because people used to call my old man uh his name was tom i might have said this telegraph telephone teletommy because he would like fucking blow a family secret you couldn't tell him shit right <laughs> yeah they say i inherited that right but my, when, that's my dad too yeah, yeah. Keep a secret. yeah when it, if you if somebody's like pregnant in the family and it's a big secret i'm usually the last one to find out shit like that but yeah. i've been getting better it's usually when I was drunk, I'd be like, hey, did you hear that? <laughs> Speaking of Kyla, ask her. She should share the story about when they were first expecting and how I I ruined that surprise <laughs> at, at Fletcher's um, <laughs> in Belleville. But when it comes to this shit, I mean, this is life and death. And I I, I don't know if pride myself is the right saying, but I take, I take it to very seriously. Um, the anonymity of people that are reaching out for help because I'm not a doctor or a professional, you know, but there's that hippie shit for a reason. Yeah. People need to feel safe and secure. And, um, and I hope I, uh, am relaying that. I know trust is earned, Mm -hmm. but, um, if you, if you have a nudge and and you want to reach out or if you know a friend, right. everybody's got the friend and, uh, the cousin, the brother, the mom, the parent, the child, whatever. I will. Uh, I'll keep it between you and I, and I'm talking to the audience, not you, Jeff. Sure. I share with Jeff. Um, you know that we are helping people, but I don't. I don't share with them the details when people send me stuff. Now, listen. You can if you if you you don't know me and you know Jeff, um, yeah. or you want to pu- yeah reach out to Jeff. He's got a Ponov's anonymous email address as well. Um, and and he can keep his that shit to himself and unless you green light it then you know that's kind of how we are so and how we operate um if you feel that that you have a a powerful story um we'd love to hear it and uh and if and if you're if you're comfortable enough we'd we'd love to have you on the podcast this is a, a community mm-hmm. this podcast um we're we've we've had one guest on we're we're gonna have we got two guests lined up to share their stories 
one from my side of the table and like i said earlier one from the other side um my cousin mark always keeps saying that i should have my mom on and that that's that <laughs> over my dead body yeah she's got a perspective all right but you guys can 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 get that from her on a privately we're real um, here but i don't know if you want to get that real yeah no no i don't <laughs> i don't i mean the whole fucking episode would be her in my mouth it would be her telling me to watch my mouth and nobody wants to hear that um <laughs> and she's probably got some memories that I don't want to relive. But right. I want to close with this. Um, I got a I got a text yesterday, last night, from a my friend's mother. Let uh, that this friend I've known forever, and he's um, I'm gonna put I'm gonna use his quote one time when I had to, when I picked him up in the pouring rain when I ran into him on the side of the street without a pot to piss on pot to piss in pardon my my french i'm italian i said he told me he goes chris when i looked at him i said what the fuck is going on man he said heroin is a motherfucker and i dropped him off at the townhouse motel where he was staying on like a nightly race rate just uh just released from from county been in and out and I got a text last night from his mother that he is three months clean and he's committing to a one-year stay at this rehab. He's already been there for three months. That's amazing. So there's hope. There's power, man. Um, I actually helped get him to this rehab um, with – it takes a village. There was right. a lot of us getting him to accept and go, and uh, he went. Um, and and I got that. I had been afraid to reach out and ask her because um, I was really nervous. I love this kid, man, like a brother. I always have had a real real soft spot for him. And um, I, I I he's think he's one of the worst cases on when the the addictions fucking grip on somebody. And I've told him before, I'm like, you're still alive for a reason. Um, there's a lot of people that have, have gone before him that probably weren't at, at the level that he was. And I share that story because there's so much hope, and it's never over until it's over. And and I this is the most promise that I've had for this, this young man. Um, he's my age, but uh, ever. And... Uh, it gives me fucking goosebumps. I'm goose the fuck bumped out right now, man. Um, when I got that message last night that he was three months in, stayed the program, and is committing to stay for the whole year. Wow, that's that's how committed he is to his sobriety. And um, I, I, I wanted to share that so people that are listening know, no matter how bad you think it is, bro, or girl, or whatever the <laughs> fuck, there's always hope. It's not over till it's over. Reach out to us for help. Jeff and I have resources um, with the help of some uh, some great partners, uh, and we're starting to get those those eyes dotted and T's crossed. So don't hesitate um, before it's too late. Let us pray.
Pondoff's Anonymous is Chris Pondoff and produced by me, Jeff Allen. Our music is Antihero by McCall and Gentle Waters by Wild Wonder. For more information, visit pondoffsanonymous.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs>